Hey, welcome everybody. Eric, welcome. Thank you for having us. Beyond, back beyond the pew. Do we know what episode this is? Don't today? know. Either eight or nine. Eight or nine. Eight we'll or nine. One out. or two. So um, it's good to be here. A couple months under it, our belt. It is. We're it, in the middle of summer. Are we on an anniversary right now? We're celebrating this now. How many? I don't know. I don't keep track of that. You don't keep track but, of that. But uh, how long have you been married? Uh, Twenty years. Do you know your anniversary date? I do. When was it's it? It's June twenty second. Just recently. June twenty second, two thousand two. Wow. So more May twenty seven. More than twenty years. Two thousand seventeen for more me. Th- more than five years. Five years. Five years. More than twenty for us. Babe doesn't feel like more than twenty days. Wow. It feels uh, like thirty. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Not to that, oh, you. Oh, no. I thought you were <laughs> no, saying no, five I mean, years feels like no, 30 years. No, mine five feel like five years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah good. That's <laughs> accurate. Good. That's good. That is that is, that is very good. Um, you ready for the question? I'm ready. So last week we started we started with some questions. There's a bunch more we didn't get to. We didn't want to go for a super long time, but yeah. let's get back to these Okay, first question questions. is, what shoe is Bruce wearing this no, week? No, that was from last week. Oh, that was from last week. Go ahead. Oh. But go I think ahead. it's about a question. Nope, though. go ahead. I think you should wear the same ones. Go ahead. All right, so, okay. I guess this is actually a good one. What is your craziest college memory? Oh, craziest college memory? I have to think about this. <sighs> yeah, I mean, we, we had a tradition that we did in, in college, uh, the dorm that I stayed in, uh, Schaefer dorm. Uh, and it was kind of funny because it happened to me as well. But anytime a guy got engaged, um, we would about after hours, I don't know, it was probably close to midnight, I bet, or whenever, we would, all the guys in the dorm would gather on one floor and all at one time we'd go storming down the stairs to the guy's room who got engaged and uh everybody would go grab him everybody take their shirts off and run around campus even in the winter um with the guy um you know singing our our theme song we had a theme song for our dorm and we would take him to the pond Again, even in the winter, and we would throw them in the pond and then run around <laughs> campus again singing our theme song. So those are pretty crazy. What was, was the song, song you were singing? Uh, it was called – the song was our Schaefer theme song. Theme well, song. Well, how does it, it go? Schaefer is the name of our dorm. Schaefer is the name of our dorm. It was, it was to the, uh, the tune of um, – Staying Alive. Blessed Be the Name of the oh. Lord because it was a Christian. Can you show us? Um, yeah, it would be like – no, it, it would it would it would be Schaefer's name of our dorm, and then we would like it would be a whole whole song. It, it was a lot of fun, but it was yeah. like yeah, midnight, running around, winter, whenever had it happened to me, and uh, it was a lot of fun. That's perfect. So yeah, it was crazy stuff. We did other stuff too that yeah. I don't want to mention on the podcast. Nice, nice. Yeah, but they can ask you. That was tame. How about you? Craziest college memory? <laughs> um, I guess one that I can share on the podcast. Uh, we, I was, it was my first year in the U.S. as a student. I got invited to go to an abandoned, uh, like, township or town amusement park. It was like an amusement park that had a lot an, of... Hold on. An yeah. abandoned township amusement park. Yeah. It's, I don't know. That's how I would describe it. So, basically, it was an amusement park that had, like, a town in it. That all of that was abandoned, <laughs> so they took all the part that they took all the amusement. So all that was left was a town. So I can't, I'm calling a township. What? Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> just hold res- on. picture this. He said it was a town or an amusement park with a town Listen. in it, and they took all the amusement out of it. 
So it's a township. What? <laughs> so, so we went, we went, uh, we. <laughs> so listen, I'm we, so confused. I am confused too. But anyways, I was, I was fresh. <laughs> I was. So we were fresh on uh, we were fresh on the school year taking five days and you're like I've never seen you laugh this much. God. <laughs> so they long story okay, last story short, because now the story's gone. We we snuck out past indoor and we had to go to this place. We walking around, but then on the way back, it was like past indoor. I was in a cabin with about five guys. And all of them are sound asleep. They're like dead asleep. I'm on the door. I'm knocking, 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 and they're not coming. It's like 2 a.m. And I'm like, it's freezing. There's um, there's snow. It's like in the winter in Scrooge Lake. So it's like very cold in the negative. And I'm knocking and knocking. I can see my roommates, but they're like dead asleep. And I'm getting mad. So I'm like, I'm going to have to jump into the window to get in. <laughs> so I open the window, and I'm like, trying to get up but i so what got stuck with my feet are dangling and it just happened that at that time security is driving by and so imagine the picture of me trying to climb into this cabin my feet are dangling in the winters 2 a.m and the security is walking and so that surprise it was me and so that was yeah but what <laughs> what does that have to do with the abandoned amusement because that's where we went we went to that place, to the, to the abandoned, abandoned amusement, amusement park township where all the amusement was, was removed. <laughs> That's a crazy story. So, yeah, okay, it's good. That's good. Go ahead. All right. So <laughs> in light of that, have you ever heard the phrase, work as if your salvation depends on it? And what would you say to that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Work. So you need a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Work as if your salvation depends, depends on, on it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the <clears throat> I th- I have a few thoughts on that that naturally come to my mind, and that this can be a dangerous thing if our service to the Lord is with a mindset or motivation of I have to do this to earn my salvation or earn favor with God, because that theologically would be incorrect, right? Biblically, biblically, that would be an incorrect thinking. We cannot earn our salvation, right? Ephesians chapter two, by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, not of works, so that no one can boast. So I understand probably the motivation behind the question is not that you believe your salvation depends on it, but that you should work in such a way as though it does, in other words, that everything I do matters, and my eternal destiny is is dependent upon what I do. Yeah. The dangerous thing with that is it could be a um, it could rob you of joy in your service. It could rob you of security because if your mindset with your working quote unquote for the Lord or serving the Lord is based upon a desire to earn something yeah. that you can't earn, <clears throat> you're you're fooling yourself. Yeah. But I think of Paul when Paul talked about. You know, we have forgiveness of sins, but do we continue in sin that grace may abound? May never be. May it never be so, right? So <clears throat> working as though our salvation depends on it, what I would say a healthier way to look at it yeah. would be work as though 
everything you do is supposed to be done to the glory of God, yeah. which it is. Which you see that in the Bible. Correct, which yeah. the Bible does command. So yeah. we don't necessarily have to... I wouldn't encourage people to try to come up with yeah. motivators when the Bible gives plenty of motivators more than you know on its own. Yeah. That whatever you do and what do you do all yeah. to the glory of God and Walk in the name of the Lord matter Jesus that Christ. is worthy of the gospel. Absolutely. You know? you know, let your light shine. So there's plenty of motivation already given scripturally yeah. that's biblically correct. And and I think that's like like and and I get a lot of this uh phrases have a good intention behind them, but yeah. They're, they're kind of they, they lean they, they they get close to that dangerous line where we can be borderline like not not heretical but like we take the, the, the we put the focal on the wrong thing which yes in most of them the focus is on ourselves like this phrase I understand what this phrase in in and at heart is saying but if you read it and if you do it like what you're believing is you can believe that I must do something to deserve correct this and the focal is on me you have other phrases that are like you know. Uh, the only Bible that someone will ever read will be you. Yeah. Like that's putting the focal on you. You sure. have phrases like, you know, uh, share the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words. Like sure. those are phrases that they may come from a good heart, but they're putting the focus on the wrong person. Sure. They're and they're removing, themselves. removing truth. Yeah. Right? And like you said, we don't need more motivations yep. once, besides the one we have in the Bible. So why do we? Why is that the need that often you see of us becoming creative in what we say and what we come up to, and we try to add more things than what the Bible is actually saying? Yeah, and and the whole idea of work is that your salvation depends on it. That whole mindset, that whole worldview—if you take that yeah. worldview—it's an incorrect anti-Bible worldview. Well, there right? are religions out there that believe this. Absolutely, that that's what they no, that's, swear by. Yeah, that's. I mean, and I I came out of Roman Catholicism. Yeah. And Roman Catholic faith, and again, I'm not saying this of all Roman Catholics, but the Roman Catholic Church that I was a part of in Roman Catholic doctrine is a very works-based salvation. Correct. You hope you do enough. So everything you do, you're trying to earn that favor with God, and you hope you've done enough. That's what yeah. that mindset leads to. Yeah. And so if the scriptures talk about how we have been set free— right, from the bondage of sin, uh, Christ has set us free, yeah. that there should be joy and peace in our in our living for Christ. Yeah. It's hard to have any kind of joy, any kind of peace, any kind of security if our worldview is everything I'm doing, I'm doing as though I'm working for my salvation. For myself. Then that's not out of love, that's out of duty, right? Yeah, I, that's not out of commitment, it's, it's out, out of fear. fear yeah. And so we have to be careful with... There's with no devotion, that. there's no, like, this is what I... It's like... I think a lot. I, I think about the story of the in, when Jesus is talking with the Pharisee, and he's having he the Pharisee has him over to his house, and he's having an interaction with him. They're having a meal, and out of nowhere, this woman comes in and she gets on her knees and kisses his legs and er, kisses his feet, uh, wipes her tears from her with her hair, and all those different to pour, do all those different things. And the guy, the Pharisee, thinking to himself. Man, if Jesus really knew who this woman was, he wouldn't be allowing this. Sure. And so Jesus goes in and answers like, "Well, since I've been here, you haven't doing, you haven't done X, Y, and C. Yeah. And this woman, she has not stopped, right? Yeah. She does that because she loved more, right? Sure. She she does it because of her love, because she'd been forgiven. She loved more. And so there's, we have to recognize that everything that we do as in life as Christians, we do it as a way of gratitude and devotion for what God did for us. Yeah, it's an act right? of worship. It's an act of worship. Yep. Not, not a, no, it's, not, it's not a duty. It's more devotion because of what he has done, right? Yeah. I mean, in the Bible, even speaks about that when it comes to even suffering for Christ. It talks about how it's been granted to you not only to believe, but to suffer. Yeah. 
It's almost like it's a privilege to not only serve the Lord when we aren't suffering, it's a privilege to suffer for the Lord. And so again, the mindset of I'm doing this or I'm, I'm motivated because my salvation depends on this is, is, is inaccurate and it can lead to a lot of of bad things. And, and, And that's really in essence what you see in all of these phrases. It's like, what, like, like, they they put a focal point on you and what can you do to yes. earn your reward or earn your you know status or blessing. I mean, but this is nothing new. I mean, you look sure. at the book of Ephesians, you see all over it, like the the Judaizers trying to impart this belief to the Jews that they needed to do this stuff so that they can win the salvation. Sure. And that's why you have that famous verse in uh, Ephesians two, eight and, and eight and nine. Yeah. That says, you know, you've been saved by grace alone. This is not out of your own doing, so that no one should boast. Yeah. In the statement, you you made a statement earlier about, hey, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. You might be the only Bible someone reads. Those are nice statements, and I I understand what people mean by them, but they're inaccurate in the sense that preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. You cannot preach the gospel without preaching the gospel. gospel. And that takes words, right? It takes understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word word of God, right, is going to be what's powerful and effective. And I understand the sentiment behind it is, hey, live live in such a way, and that's biblical. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When people see us, walk worthy, right? They should see us and ask about the hope within us. But not apart from the gospel. Yes, but the gospel needs to be shared. What a lot of people are saying is, what like I I remember I had people in my Bible school, Bible school circle that they will swear by that saying like, you know you don't really need to share the gospel if you live a life that is gospel representative right like if yeah. you represent the gospel in your lifestyle then that's enough then then share the gospel and yeah. and, and that's inaccurate like you no. said faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God mm-hmm. it's the gospel that is the power of God and the how salvation. will they believe if they if Correct. no one goes and shares right Correct. how does that verse goes yeah how should they hear without a preacher right? How will they believe in whom they've not heard? So again, I think this is an issue of these statements can sometimes be inaccurate. We latch onto them as believers sometimes and think, oh, that must... we swear by that. Well, sometimes people think that's actually in the Bible, but it's not. (laughs) So there's nowhere in the Bible that says preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. It will be Christianism, right? That's how you will describe it. Be who? (laughs) Christianism. Uh, Christianese, maybe? Yeah, Christianism. Yeah, I don't, don't know. Yeah. Town, what township. Am, what am I, yeah, the town, all of the amusement was taken out. I don't <laughs> all, have a question. All of the amusement was removed. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on LIV golf? I don't know what that, what that means. Yeah, you're not an expert in golf. Hey, what are, are you an expert in baseball? Are you a baseball player? Uh, I am would currently, you call you, would you call I'm currently yourself a, baseball? a softball player, but I was okay. a baseball player growing up. You almost made major leagues, didn't you? No. You were being recruited. No. No? I was not being recruited to any major league team. Okay. LIV golf. Um, so that's... <clears throat> that's Roman numerals right there, right? That is that is a golf league uh, that is largely backed by um, the uh, the Saudis uh, overseas. And, um, <clears throat> and so there are some... Controversies right there now. There are some major players. Uh, Phil Mickelson... Dustin Johnson, who are very well-known players on the PGA Tour, that have signed contracts with LIV Golf, like multi, like I think Phil Mixon was like two hundred million, Dustin Johnson hundred million, Tiger Woods turned down like close to a billion dollars to play really? with them. So, but it's just a, it's a competitor to the PGA. How much um, would they have to pay you for you to play for them? For to play golf? Yeah, for them. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Well, I, I don't know much about the LIV. That's why I don't. I, I know some of the controversy is between is behind. 
the financial backers of it and some of the human rights atrocities and, and things that have happened from some of the backers. That's my understanding. I don't know enough to give okay. an informed opinion. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what it's referencing. So I don't think either one of us have an informed opinion I'll, because I, I don't know enough about it. it. I played golf for the first time in my life a few months ago. Not yeah. even or a few weeks ago. At the Marinata Scramble. Yeah, how'd that go? Oh, I did fantastic. I heard I heard that you legitimately fell over when you swung at a golf because it's legitimate swing and you fell. Yeah. So, so listen, I mean, everybody told me don't swing hard. It's not about how hard you swing, yeah. but I wanted to hit her very hard. So I did swing as hard as I could. Yeah. The floor was and wet. You fell. I the was floor. Not, or the, the grass? grass was wet. Okay. I was wearing sneakers yep. and I slipped and I fell and I did a snow angel with the, in the grass. Afterwards. Afterwards to play it off. Why'd you? Oh. You had to play it off. So, well, you're a baseball player. That's why. Because you're used to baseball. Yeah. And I wanted to swim as hard. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. what shoes are you wearing today? Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go to the next question. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> if you could have one celebrity guest on the podcast, who would it be and why? Oh, celebrity guest on the podcast. Yeah. I, I know you're going to say Josh Allen. He's no. never going to come. No, I was. It's never going to come. Gonna say, well, he, what celebrity is going to come? You tell. You act as though well, he will never make it. What celebrity is yeah, coming? Yeah, but he will be the last one to come. No, if I could have a celebrity, in the, I would love to have, um, you know, some some someone that would be worthwhile to listen to for our listeners. You know, and you will be you will be engage. the one that will say something like, hey, "I will have Jesus." You thought about it. Look at look at. <laughs> I did not. I did not that. think of that. You would be like, I'll, I will have Jesus." I, as thought my we celebrity guest. I thought we were being realistic. Like I didn't so think. So is Jesus not a realistic answer? Well, physically, Jesus is not going to sit on the couch next to. But him. is that lim- does that limit him? What? Is he limited by his? The question yeah. is, right. Anyways. is, is <laughs> what celebrity would you podcast. have here? Who who would you have, Eric? Um, if I could have anybody here. Uh, Back to our podcast number two, I believe. I would like to have Tom Brady. We wouldn't pay him as much as Fox. Why News. would you want to have Tom Brady on this? Because I want to know how. I mean, he's a he's he's a he's really good at, uh, at uh, football. So I want to. So hear. you could have any celebrity you'd want to have. That would well, be very. You who, should be, I, who should I have? You, you that, tell me who should I have. You, you think, tell me who should I have. Trump. You think that? <laughs> okay, I want Trump to come here. Is that who? Is that you want me to say? <laughs> I want to have Tom Brady. Listen, calm down. Tom it's, Brady. A, it's okay. I I'm just trying. You're to just think bitter because Tom I'm Brady has to, destroyed no, the Bills. I'm just trying to think how having Tom Brady on this podcast would be a benefit to anybody watching it. Well, I like don't, I'm more so thinking who would be a benefit to our listening audience. Oh, oh okay. Then I'll have John MacArthur. Okay. Yeah. Is that better? <laughs> I'll have John MacArthur. <laughs> Let's go. Keep yeah. moving. Who will you have? You I, haven't said. I I don't know. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know. I don't know. Tim Keller. No. 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 Yeah. Go ahead. Let's go on. You're not going to say it? Nah. I don't know. I don't know who I would have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, we're, we're what? Uh, okay. How should a Christian respond when they disagree <laughs> with decisions made by the government? Oh, that's a good question. How should a Christian respond when they disagree with decisions made by the government? Okay. I, I would say a Christian should respond consistently towards the governing authority over them in a way that's consistent with biblical authority, right? So... Um, we're called by God to be in submission to the governing authority over us um, because they are placed there by God, right, for order um, as, as ones that should punish evil and uphold what is good. And so the question a lot of times comes when, what about when the government does not uphold what is right or what is good? What about when the government tries to mandate or dictate something to you that would be contrary to what God would even say? And so that's where I would say, and this example is seen throughout the book of Acts with the, with the believers 
that were being thrown in prison um, in preaching the gospel. This is what's being seen throughout the New Testament epistles, where Paul would be in prison multiple times because of preaching the gospel. Um, As a believer in Christ, whenever the government authority over us would call us to do something that is against what God's Word says, or what we know God wants for us, Mm -hmm. then we ought to obey God rather than man. Yeah. You can see this in the Old Testament. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What would be an example of that today? Well, I would think you t- say there's an example Yeah, today? I would say a prime example today is if the government over us said, hey, you are no longer as a child of God or as a Christian, you are no longer permitted to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. Which there are countries that are There are plenty of countries that do that. And so yeah. that's where I would say as a follower of Jesus Christ that has been called to share the gospel, we obey God rather than men. And so if that means we would be in prison for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with our neighbors, our friends, whatever, then that's where we would have to count that cost and say, okay, Lord, like, if I must suffer for you, I will. Yeah. And again, America is one of the few countries, you know, where there is that freedom, where we have many brothers and sisters in Christ around yeah. the world that are already suffering those things. So you see this in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were called to bow down to the, the image that Nebuchadnezzar put nah. up. They said, no. They were thrown into a fiery furnace, right? Yeah. And and God delivered them from that. But I think the precedent is very clear. Old Testament, New Testament, we obey God rather than men. So when you disagree with the government on something as it relates to a biblical matter, that is going to violate our conscience if we are to participate in something. Um, we obey God rather than men. Now, the other question that oftentimes comes up with this is what about just simply things the government says mm-hmm. that we disagree with as Christians? Um, you know, what, what should be our response when we disagree with it as Christians? Which there are some hot topics right now. Absolutely. So, so like, take one example. We can, we can bring up the issue of gay marriage. Yeah. Okay. And this is somewhat, you know, this is years now ago that there was approval, you know, for, for gay marriage. Um, and as believers in Christ, we would say, hey, that would be an area we believe the Bible is, clear. is very clear on, that marriage is supposed to be between a man and, and a woman, mm-hmm. right, when it comes to the abortion issue. We would say the Bible's very clear on this, that God is the creator of life, even in the womb. And yeah. so we would value the and uphold. We would, yeah, we would uphold the sanctity of life. Um, we would say the same thing would be true when it comes to um, you know, heterosexual relationships outside of marriage and premarital sex, for example, between yeah. a man and a woman before they're married. We would say those are areas that right now um, are permissible. In our, in our nation are permissible, and the government would even not only allow but promote that we would say the Bible has a different stance on. Yeah. So in the areas where the Bible has a different stance in our government, we always side with what the scriptures say. Um, and I think what we have to be careful about, and this is when we get into this idea of Christian nationalism and we get into um, a lot of people who believe, you know, we have to, we have to take up arms and, and storm the Capitol building or we have to whatever. This is where a lot of these disagreements come with Christians. I believe as a follower of Christ, my first duty and responsibility is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think there's a danger when as believers, we allow our preoccupation with politics or the things that are going on in politics and things that are going on in government to remove our focus off of what the true mission and calling of the church is. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like we can get into some dangerous yeah. ground. So I feel like the response believers should have to the government, we see the response of believers to government that was wicked, yeah. oppressive, persecuting. Um, there, it's hard to find a much more oppressive government reality than what the believers were experiencing under the rule of the Roman government yeah. because that of the things, yeah, the things that would take yeah. place. And yet... 
their focal point remained the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. That's what I would encourage believers yeah. with. And, and I think that this is something that is like human nature. I mean, yeah. it's nothing new again. If you look in the Old Testament, I think there is there like for Christians, there is this idea when it comes to God, the fact that we don't have a tangible, like we don't tangibly see an individual saying, I am God. Like God doesn't, we don't say he's like standing right in the room, right? Uh, he's not sitting on the throne of the government of the United States of America. Sure. Like we will say that that's not him. There is a desire in the human mind of look for someone that they can look and admire and re and report and and hold accountable, right? Yeah. And that is why you see, like in the Old Testament, you think about when the nation of Israel left left Egypt, uh, God was their 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 leader, right? Yeah. God was directing. It was a theocracy, meaning that God was the one ruling for the nation of Israel. But what did they do when Moses disappeared? When Moses went to the mountain to talk to God? They went ahead and created their own idols, and they were sure. worshiping the idols. They were looking for the idols for directions. They were doing all these things, not recognizing that at the end of it all, God was the one in control. Yeah, and, and the I same is say, true with Saul. Yeah, when they asked for King Saul to be their king, they wanted a king like the other nations, like the other nations, right? Because they wanted a, a physical human being Me as too. their king, right? And yeah. and in doing so, they neglect that God's in control. I mean, even in that instance, you see how God delivered the nation of Israel beyond the reach of Saul, and yeah. that He provided someone like David to step up and defend the nation of Israel against a giant like Goliath. And so you see, in today, it's not any different in that. We, if we're not careful, we can look at the government and whoever's sitting in the position of a president or position of authority and look at them as the ones that are truly sovereign and the ones that are truly in control of every single outcome sure. and neglecting or forgetting the fact that in reality it is God. God is the one who appoints and the, the move or remove people from authority. At the yeah. end of it all, he's the one in control. We may not understand. We may not see it. We may not comprehend everything that he's trying to do. But nonetheless, he's still in control, yeah. and at the end of the day, he's going to get his way, and he will be the most beneficial for us, Yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, so biblically, you know, just to answer the question with a few thoughts biblically, we're told to be in submission to the governing authorities that are over us, right? Because God has put them there for order and to punish the, the um, lawbreaker, right, and to maintain order. So there is that general principle that we're to be in submission to them. There's also the principle of we obey God rather than men. And so mm -hmm. anytime the government would ask us to do something contrary to the word of God, our conscience before the Lord, we obey God rather than men. And we count the cost. If it's persecution, suffering, so be mm -hmm. it. Um, in addition to that, what you just mentioned, the mindset is God tells us in his word, the king's heart's in the hand of the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. He turns it wherever he, he wants. The Lord said, I, the Lord, set up kings and take down rulers. Mm -hmm. So there is this understanding we have to have as believers. God is sovereignly in control of all things, even wicked, oppressive governments. God's in control. Yeah. And then the other side of this as well is as a believer in Christ, if we are more preoccupied with the things of the political realm or world, more preoccupied with overthrowing government than we are with the gospel of Jesus Christ, yeah. we're in error. Yeah. And, and that has to change because yeah. we can't be, we can't basically serve Two, two masters, the Bible talks about money yeah. and God, but I would say equally, the whole you can't serve two masters is true. If your master, so to speak, or your motivation is strictly politics, government, all of that, and not the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ, that, that needs to change. Yeah, and I think the, the, the apostles and the disciples of Jesus are a great example of that. Perfect they, example. They were not going around to, you know, uh, disapprove or speak again necessarily of, like, 
the empire. They were not preaching against Caesar. They were preaching the gospel. Now, sure. the gospel will be contrary of what Caesar and the empire, the Roman Empire was doing, but their agenda was not, let's get rid of this empire. Their agenda sure. was, we're going to proclaim the message of the gospel. Their prayer was, you know, I want to be bold of the message of the gospel because it's the power for salvation for anyone to believe. Sure. That was their prayer. That was their momentum. That was what, what drove them, right? Yeah, and I just want to clarify, too. I'm not saying as believers you shouldn't be involved politically yeah. or you shouldn't be involved in, in causes that you feel you should fight for that you should be silent. Not at all. We live yeah. in a country where we're allotted the freedom you to be able to things. speak, and I think we should. My point is, if that becomes a greater focus for us than the gospel, if that becomes all-consuming in our minds that we we lose sight of the true calling we have with the gospel of Christ, and our motivation for those things is more political in nature than they are gospel-oriented, mm-hmm. that's where we have to make some changes. And so yeah. by all means, in a free country that we live in, we have a voice. We should use it. We should stand on biblical principles. We should promote biblical principles. We should go to, if you want to go to school board meeting and talk about curriculum, go. Yeah. Talk about it. We have the freedom to do that. Uphold yeah. biblical values. If you want to go to an abortion clinic and be able to talk to people and say, hey, listen, there's there's life in Christ, and we believe every life matters, and we believe that you're you're killing a baby in the womb. Listen, I believe I believe believers yeah. in Christ should do what God's called them to do in upholding life and upholding yeah. biblical standards. But there's a difference when that is what consumes us versus the gospel of Christ. Yeah. And so we have to be careful with that. And I think like to, to summarize, like our call is not to change culture. Our call is to proclaim the gospel Absolutely. that changed life. Absolutely. That's, that's and we do it in love. In love. To the glory of God. Truth. And don't forget, you know, the word of God says, as much as possible for you, live peaceably with all men. Yeah. So as much as dependent upon us, we should not be the offense. If the mm-hmm. gospel is the offense, if the word of God is an offense, that's a whole the Bible story. promised it would be, right? Yeah. Jesus said, if the world hated me, it will hate you. Yeah. But but that's not supposed to be yeah. our personal doing. Yeah. Right. So right. good question. Um, yeah. Two more questions, uh, uh, Bruce. Let's go with this one. Um, how do we, how do, do we be in, the, all right, I'm going to read it as he's reading. How do we be in the world, but not of the world? And what does that look like practically? How do we be in the world, but not of the world? And what does that look like practically? So biblically, we're called that. You are to be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. I think right away of, and I can't think of the reference, but where we're called to um, not love the world or the things in the, the world. world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the, the Father, Father is not in him. him. For all that is in the world, and it describes the lust of the flesh yeah. and the pride yeah. of life and the lust of the eyes is not of the Father, but is of the world. Yeah. And the world is passing away, but the one that does the will of God will live forever. Wow. So is that, there's that this, quiet time? There's this... There's this <laughs> There's the pr- principle all throughout yeah. Scripture that you're in the world, because this is where we're at right mm-hmm. now, but we're not to be of the world and of the things of the world. So how do we be in it but not of it? I would say the way we be in it but not of it is that we walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh, yeah. right? We seek to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the desires of the flesh, um, that we don't love the things of the world like the Bible talks about. So how does that look practical, though? Like, like okay, well, like we see, we read that in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's true. Sure. We, but maybe, like, if I'm listening, I want to know how does that look like? How do I imitate that? How do, what, does, what would it look like for me to walk by the Spirit? Yeah, well, I mean, the Bible talks about if you walk by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And how do we walk by the Spirit? Well, we walk by the Spirit when we're obedient to the Word of God. We walk by the Spirit when we're uh, following the leading of the Spirit of God. We walk by the Spirit when we are in consistently, um, you know, unceasingly prayer with God and following the leading mm-hmm. of the Spirit of God. 
Um, and so the Bible talks about, you know, in Ephesians chapter five, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Yeah. That that's a, that's a whole desire as a part of the believer in Christ that just prior to that in Ephesians five, he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, yeah. but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. So Ephesians chapter 5 talks about being an imitator of God, walking in love, walking in light, walking in wisdom, because the days are evil. And so how do we do that practically? I would say it's practically when we daily, moment by moment, hour by hour, redeem the time or make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And so we walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Um, That's resisting the devil and he'll flee from you, right? When temptation comes, knowing God is faithful, he will not tempt you beyond what you can bear, but will make a way of escape. So all of those are are biblical commands. I think that when we implement them into our lives, we find ourselves living in this world, but not being of the world. And Jesus said that you are not of this world, right? This, this isn't where you belong. You are passing through. That's something that a lot of Christians have a hard time wrapping their mind around. Absolutely. We, we, we love this world. We, we we like the things that this world has to offer and we, we are attached. I mean, I can think about when I was younger, I would, (laughs) I would, I would, I would, I would literally say to guys like, God, don't, don't come. Till I get married, you know, like that was my. I would pray that because I. You would Is that love. still your desire? You, you still say, "Lord, no." Now I say, "Come now." <laughs> I said, "Marry not, wow. marry not wow. every day." I wake up. I was like, "God, marry wow. not." <laughs> wow. But I know I'm not. Don't act like you weren't like that. So, anyways, <laughs> but that is a reality. That's a re- that's a, that's a thing though. It's like we. <laughs> That we love this, that what this world has to offer. We can tend to love the things of the world yeah. to a greater level than the things of God yeah. at times. And I think a good teller, too, of like whether or not you're walking by the Spirit or not, if you are in the world and for the world, right, is what fruits you're producing. For sure. And the book of Galatians, chapter 5, talks about that in verses 16 to 25. Or twenty-four, where he talks about the 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 the, 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 fruit, the desires of the flesh, what those things looks like, but also the fruit of the spirit, meaning one fruit that all of all of those things. And I'll read that. I mean, you probably know by memory, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and I guess some shit there's a lot. But those eight things, those eight aspects, are one thing. It's not just each individually, they're one whole thing. And so when you're looking at walking by the Spirit, if you want a good teller to know whether or not you are in the world but not of the world, is that those eight things are evident in your life. Not just one and two or three, but all of them. This is what we should thrive for. That's how we know if the Spirit is working in our life. It's that in your life, you can observe love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control yeah yeah and i I think too jesus challenged you know his followers lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven not on things on the earth um because in heaven rust does not destroy thieves do not break in and steal where your treasure is there will your heart be so i think how to be in the world but not of the world set your affections on things above right we're called to do that let your mindset, your heart, your desire be on things above, on eternal things. Yeah. And if we're walking daily with that mindset that I value more the things of eternity than I do the things of this world, because the yeah. things of this world are temporary, then that helps us to walk in the spirit. But that also 
uh, helps us to live in the world, but not be of the world. Yeah. And and again, when we talk about being of the world, the way that the Bible describes it is all that is of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust mm-hmm. of the flesh, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Yeah. You know, that's how we are in it, but not of it. We don't allow the things of the world to consume us. Correct. And, and a good checkup for that would be like asking people, okay, where's most of your money going? Where's most of your time being spent? Where's most of your thoughts in your mind um, focused on during the course of your day? What do you value more than anything else yeah. in this life? Yeah. And if the answer to all those questions are the world, the world, the world, the world, then there probably needs to be some adjustments for there sure. for our priorities, yeah, right? For sure. um, because again, Jesus said it, where your treasure is, there will your heart be yeah. also. And so. I think and I think it's important to, to clarify that in the context of where this question is getting is coming out. Is Jesus a is God is Jesus in a is a prayer of Jesus to the Father, where he's praying for his disciple. But in that prayer, three times I believe is he's asking for the Lord to preserve the unity of his disciple. Sure. And so a little plug there is the importance to to make sure that you're living in a way that is in the world, but not out of the world, is that you are living in a life in community, Absolutely. unity with believers. So this goes beyond the, the, the scopes of Sunday morning. It goes beyond the pew, right? Yeah. We want, you have to be living a life that brings honor and glory to God. Sure. And so uh, one final question, Bruce, yep. to, uh, to end this. Uh, if you could be amazing at one skill, what would it be and why? <laughs> yeah, so we could follow up the more intense question with a, a lighter question. If I could be amazing at one skill, what would it be and why? Yeah. Man, that's a that's a puzzler for me. A one skill. You already know the answer. You've been thinking about this all I don't, morning. No, I don't. I don't know. I have no idea what the answer yeah. would be. What would your answer be? If you can be amazing at one skill, what would it be and why? I mean, there's there's a lot. If I, if it's to be uh I would like to be skillful in, in uh, 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 I, I don't know how you would even say that, like skillful in home improvements. That would be kind of nice to know. Okay, so home improvements. Yeah, like remodels. Remodeling. Construction like type yeah, stuff. I would like to do those things on my own. Okay. Yeah, that would be one. That's good. Another one would be I would like to be good at baseball currently so I could be a professional baseball player. Is that what you want me to say? No, I, uh, I, uh, that's fine. Yeah. You probably should choose. I, I can answer that for you. You want me to answer Go for ahead. you? Go ahead. Yeah. To be a better three point shooter so that you can make three points. On, on, no, on, I mean, that's a skill that's already been mastered. I, I would say <laughs> that I would say, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, we, we talked about this earlier about um, the golf league thing. Yeah. I would love to be skilled at golf. Really? I really would because you enjoy that's, golf. I do. I really enjoy golf oh, and man, that can be I, so I, frustrating. I, I but on a light note, I would love to be skilled at golf. I mean if if someone said, hey, what what skill if you want to go on a spiritual level, what skill? You would I would love there. to be able to read people. Like I would love to be able to know what what are people thinking and what what needs are like be more attuned to the needs of people. If I was going to be a spiritual answer, yeah. if I'm just going to be a practical answer, like something like that, I would say, hey, what would I love? I would love to be skilled at golf really? because it, it's such a fun game to play. It's relaxing. It's fun with people. It's fun with interacting. You say that is relaxing. It it's is, relaxed. but oh, it can man. be, but it can be frustrating. It is. So I would love to be skilled at golf because it's just something that would like you know you just feel really good about. I just enjoy driving the golf cart. Listen, if you yeah. want me to play golf with you, yeah. But I heard I don't want to. I, I heard that you almost. I am a great killed golf somebody car. playing. No, I'm a great golf. golf I am yeah. just as good as driving the golf course. I am you're driving like you're in a dr when dri- you're on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, what's the phone number that they need to call? 
330 Do not call that number. Don't call it. 330-331-6453. Yeah, I'm going to say it again just in case because I know the number. 330-331-6453. That's what I said. That's what I said. Um, and backwards, three, five, four, no, six, we don't really care. You're one, to, three, listen, three, zero, if, three, three. We're going to get to the question that we always end with in a second, but let me just encourage everybody: don't, don't remove the amusement from the amusement parks. If you go, if you go, if, <laughs> if you, you ever find yourself, if point. you ever find yourself in an abandoned town that's an amusement park, <laughs> a township, township, don't remove the amusement from yeah, the amusement from the abandoned town. Yeah. Okay, um, just don't do it. Yeah, Eric. We have a question that we ask oh, everybody. Oh, we love this question. Love what question. is your life looking like beyond the pew? <laughs> what, is your, what is your life looking like beyond the, the pew? pew? We hope it's honoring to the Lord. So we'll, we'll be and back next week. We'll be back next week with more questions. Thanks. <laughs>